Today, I'll be interviewing Roger Morton, not only the North Carolina Fusion referee assigner, he has a long list of accolades. He is also the U.S. Youth Soccer South Region Referee Chairperson. He's the North Carolina High School Athletic Association Regional Supervisor. He's the president of TISO, which is the Triangle Intercollegiate Soccer Officials Association. He's the assigner for the Southern Conference, the Big South, South Atlantic, and Conference Carolinas. He's also the NCAA National Coordinator for the South Region. And in terms of his accolades, he also is a NISOA Hall of Famer and in January is going to be inducted into the North Carolina Soccer Hall of Fame. Roger's going to be with us today to share some of the current challenges in the area of referee retention and recruitment, as well as some of the initiatives that he and North Carolina Fusion are putting in place to combat some of those challenges. So here's our interview with Roger Morgan. This is the North Carolina Fusion Podcast. Brought to you by Atrium Health, Wake Forest Baptist. Hey, Scott. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for that introduction. I cannot, uh, I think you, I think first thing I would say to Scott, you'll be an awesome referee because you follow the instructions and reference my bio. So thank you very much for that. You're very well. Uh, it was a long one. <laughs> thank you, Scott. It is, it is unusual. I'm here today with you, I would say, with mixed emotions, without question. Uh, believe it or not, uh, why did I become a referee kind of goes all together. I needed a part-time job to pay for my education at North Carolina A&T State University. So I thought about becoming a referee. So once again, mixed emotions. Today, believe it or not, 39 years ago, I pulled in this park. I, my parents dropped me off at ANT in my dorm at Scott Hall. I can't forget those days. Uh, and my next trip was to find out where's Bryan Park. I've heard about this place. And today, to drive back here, realizing 39 years ago there was gravel, there was you know no office down here, just fields. Yeah. So today is a mixed emotion. And then number two, thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of your podcast and to allow me to share my story uh, with the NC Fusion family. It's excellent. I love. Uh, it's incredible. 39 years. That is absolutely amazing. And I think uh, you know people can hear it right from the get-go, your long list of, of accolades and things that you've been involved in, and um, it's cool to hear where it started. So tell um, tell me and our, our membership a little bit more about your your background. So you've kind of given us a glimpse into that that fateful day of driving <laughs> into Bryant Park, but what, um, what sort of triggered, besides just making a little extra cash, um, anything else that kind of triggered becoming a referee, and then how did you make that transition or journey to become an assigner of referees? Well, great question. So just like anything, if you look at with athletes, I wanted to be an unbelievable soccer player. Uh, uh, but just like anything in life, athletics is not the best for everyone. So I, I, I wanted to find a way that every time, and I, I, I'll say this with all uh, with all great passion, you know, I was that kid that every time you try it out and, you know, special trials going out for high school athletics and for teams, you always walk down out of and look for your name and see did you make the starting lineup and every time I didn't but I knew what I wanted to do I knew that I had a passion for sports I know I had a passion for athletics and I just wanted to be a part of the game so uh, growing up I'm originally from a place called Rocky Mountain North Carolina Eastern North Carolina where where uh, every day I would walk past the YMCA 
Okay. And just like any kid at 14 years old, you're trying to figure out, hey, how do yeah, I, I want to make some money? And I know you may laugh at this, but when I walked every day, uh, there was a little cafeteria in the YMCA. And my parents were who were school principals uh, uh, who give me extra money. So every day I would stop by the local YMCA because they had the best French fries. Guys. Oh, my <laughs> God. See, I mean, I get my French fries and the Coca-Cola every day on my way home. And so so short story is I asked the Y director, hey, you got a part time job. And he says, you know what? We just started soccer. here. We started basketball. We need referees. I'm like, cool. I get to do something that I keep trying out. Unfortunately, I didn't make the team. But ladies and gentlemen, I tell you now, 39 years ago, uh, I made the team. But I just made the team as a referee. I've been very fortunate to look to my right, there's Mia Hamm, and look to my left, there's Carla Overbeck. So I've, I've seen the best of the best uh, and had the best seat anybody can ever imagine. Uh, from Fetzer Stadium, I mean, Fetzer Field to Clemson to the NCAAs, national championships, uh, that's the pathway. So for those of you who never make the team, uh, who keeps trying out, I'm telling you, keep trying out. It's just a, it's, it's just keep going because you never know when your name will be on the wall and you never know when the opportunity comes. So originally I started wanting to be a band director and uh, my degree was in music education. So if you look at what I'm now doing, I'm just a different band director. <laughs> I'm taking different, different individuals, different levels and allow them to find their way, their passion, their goals just by refereeing. And so what are the kind of main components of being a referee assigner? Oh, wow. You're assigned. Correct. Assigner. Correct. You are assigning referees to be on a, or scheduled to be on a particular game to officiate. However, I know <laughs> you, and I know that there's a lot more that goes into it. So without, speak to that. Without question. So let's tweak it. So let's say, yes, in, in the 1980s, you would see an assigner. 1990s, you would see an assigner. In 2022, because of social media and everything that comes along, uh, something that we talked about, uh, NC Fusion, which we'll talk about later, about our, our goals and passions and our what we say, our, our vision with officiating, is that uh, I'm just a head coach. As an assigner. And so you think about it. Uh, we take a young 14-year-old. We take a young 14-year-old who's never done anything. This is technically their very first responsibility of being a referee. So we talk we talk about the educate and development. But one thing that we do at NC Fusion, we also tie it in because, once again, I'm, a, I'm my parents are educators. So it's also about making the right grade. So a couple of things that we also talk about at NC Fusion on Saturdays, there we have referees who are teachers. Uh, so we try to mold the two together. So you take a 14-year-old, all right, has a break, who's struggling in science, who's struggling in mathematics. How about coming to the office between your game time and let get someone to tutor you? So when you talk about assigning, we take, I call it, I take the whole, the whole project. Uh, crazy amount, it sounds corny, but I have this thing in my office and it's from Abraham Lincoln, our great president. We talks about taking a young person, taking a young person and molding them to be the leader that we want them to be later on in life. So if you think about it, I take a 14 year old, 
who who turns around and takes soccer referee in and understanding this is their very first job. Then the next thing that we work with them is the educational aspect. Then you take the third component of, you know what, this is kind of cool. You know, I've been at Bryan Park or I'm at Truist Park or I'm at one of our uh, outlying parks and all of a sudden, wow, I made $145. Guess what? I don't have to ask mom and dad to, for the, you know, for the prom dress or the tuxedo. Right. So all of a sudden I'm making that money. Yeah. And guess what? It's teaching the maturity and how to be an adult being responsible because you take the last component that any parent want to do to make sure that your kid or your daughter, your son is learning the responsibility because A, yes, they have to go to class, ladies and gentlemen. No, they just don't watch YouTube videos and jump out there. Uh, they have to pass a test. Uh, believe it or not, the further they go up, they have to pass a physical fitness test. Uh, and as we say, the, the pendulum goes. So let's all of a sudden, now Scott, you're 18 years old. Uh, I met you at 14 and now you're going off to college. Guess what? Some of the basic fundamentals as a referee, you learn to be responsible, being on time, and now you're on your own in college. And uh, I, I cry every time I get my graduation invitations from college. And then all of a sudden, as you can imagine, 39 years, I've seen a lot of 14 year olds grow up to, you know, to doctors and lawyers. One of my best friends is my doctor. Crazy enough, I, I will always tell Dr. Jackson he was a terrible referee, but I entrusted with my health care. So that says a lot about the things that you do. So, yes, I'm an assigner, but I'm what we also, as I said, a head coach. And the things we want to do here at NC Fusion is to make sure that we take our boys and girls and make sure they turn to be men and women for leaders for tomorrow. Love it. It's fantastic. And I guess when you think about that impact, I think a lot of people think about our club or our organization. They think about the players. Right? And they think about the coaches and then the parents. And we forget, I think, a lot of times about how important referees and officials are to all of this. I see them as they're truly the game managers. They make the game, honestly, a fair event. If we didn't have a referee and everyone had to self-officiate, we'd probably have, I would imagine, more problems, I would suspect. Um, but I don't think people understand the magnitude of the number of referees that are needed on a given weekend. And this is just talking about North Carolina Fusion, we're not even talking about the state or the region or anything like that. Give people an understanding of on a typical fall or spring weekend for North Carolina Fusion, how many referees are working for you on the fields on a Saturday and Sunday on an average weekend and then on a really busy weekend and when there's a tournament going on, what does that look like? Got it. Well, first thing, uh, let, let's break it down in two points. Number one, uh, about, correct me if I'm wrong, about a month ago, two months ago, we started a focus group under your leadership. And one thing that you hit, that you just made uh, mention was a lot of people forgot about the referees. And now one thing that I sat back in our focus group with several of our coaches and DNAs uh, make the statement that how they're no longer looking at it is just the players, the parents, and the fields that actually now that our you know coaches are understanding that referees are main components. So thank you for the leadership with that. Uh, the second thing is I also have to bring and talk about my partner. My partner is a gentleman named Rodney Hartman who lives in Winston Salem. Uh, Rodney and I basically, as, as our club know, we're in Greensboro and we're in Winston, but we're all under one umbrella. But I can't do it by myself. So when the club merged together, we two assigners came together still with the same vision. So when you talk about how many referees, Jesus. Joseph's Rice Krispies. All right, so on a typical Saturday, just think about it. You have the wreck going on. 
All right. Then we have our academy going on. Then we have our regular USY going on. And then last but leastly, yes, we have our ECNL going. So we have all these bullets. Yes. If you take the two parks, uh, 20 and 20, that's 40 fields, ladies and gentlemen, 40 fields. Uh, and let's kind of do old school math. So I was a bander at I, I still I don't have a calculator. So let's think about old school math. Think about if we if we're running 19 fields at Bryan Park with a minimum of three referees, and let's go to Truist, our soccer complex in Winston, and let's say hypothetically we run in another 14. All right. That does not even count the fact that, that you're talking about 11 v 11. Just 11 v 11. So those fields sometimes are split in half. That is absolutely. games. That is correct. And sometimes in fours because of 77 and lower. That is correct. And that's called Wade Forte. I remember Wade. I gave you that <laughs> shout out there. Yes, Wade is our operational person who does work great with us. But yes, when you talk about all that many, so ladies and gentlemen, on a given Saturday, and, and hey, moms and pops, uh, thank you very much for bringing your son and daughter and dropping them off just like you drop off the parents. You drop off the referees and they're there with us. So, Scott, uh, I don't have my calculator, but uh, let, let's say if I have to think 44, 88, that's about a, almost 100 people, referees, we're, work, we're moving on a given Saturday. And that's a low end, ladies and gentlemen. And that's if they stay for the whole day. Of that, is, that is absolutely correct. So we've, got, we've got folks that are refing one game at a time. Correct. Maybe up to four or five in a day. Absolutely correct. And so... You could typically be managing uh, several hundred mm-hmm. on a Saturday on an average. Correct. So even if you think about this, so one thing I want to make sure we, ladies and gentlemen, you understand, if the referee court, you don't have to be there all day. If you're if you're the rec program, all right, and let's say you play at eight and ten. You can still stay at Bryan or Truist Park in the afternoon. Same thing, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to be there. If you're able to give us one time slot on a given Saturday or one time slot on a given Sunday or one time slot in the afternoon, believe it or not, just like that little sand, that little pebble, that one pebble will will ricochet to all of us within our club. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think that really really hits on what we probably want to talk about in terms of the challenges. Mm -hmm. now we've just heard how many referees are needed, and and in my uh, just thinking about that number, I think that is certainly on the low low end. <laughs> I mean, on a tournament, on a given tournament weekend, um, there's even more needed, and mm-hmm. there's still other games going on in other parks. And um, so, when we think about challenges here, I think a lot of people are hearing right now in youth sports, but definitely in soccer specifically. We have a referee shortage. It has seemed that since COVID specifically, there's been a huge dropout of, of referees for various reasons. Um, and that's not just local, that is national and international. Even. Can you um, sort of share with um, our membership, what, how is that affecting us? And what are other challenges that are impacting our referee pool? So great question. Great question. You're absolutely correct. There is a referee shortage in all sports right now. Uh, what we, you know, one thing that we look at is data, and we always say data tells us a lot. What we found out pre-COVID, the numbers were great. Uh, everyone was refereeing, no matter what sport. Um, Enjoying the extra money. Uh, I always joke with some of my referees, and, and if you think about it, Scott, once again, I've been here 39 years, and, I, and one thing in my bullet points when I go across the country, and I simply say this, 39, you know, 39 years, imagine how many soccer games I've officiated in 39 years. 
Just thinking if I take one dollar and put one dollar in the bank for every game that I've refereed in 39 years, I will rest assured you will be having someone else in this chair doing this interview because I would be in Aruba on the beach. Okay. So when, when you think about that, so what we found out is simply that during COVID, uh, latest uh, referees didn't theoretically miss the money, the, the abuse. Yes, when we talk about abuse, it's, it's tragic to say, for whatever reason, even when I say the young referees, a lot of times, yes, individuals are yelling at the referee. But I always say to them, if you take your jersey off and you walk to Harris Teeter or you walk to uh, the local bank, no, you're still the same individual. So what we try to say in a positive way to our young referees and even our senior referees, they're yelling at the jersey. And ladies and gentlemen, when we came back from COVID, what we found out, the playing association numbers jumped because everybody says, guess what? We want you out of the house. So the, the numbers for the playing group just skyrocketed. But the numbers for the referees didn't come back. Uh, sadly enough that we've had situations, and yes, even at our club, uh, that we had to cancel games. Games that were supposed to, we, we had three referees, we only could afford one referee. Um, so what we found out, number one was referee abuse. Constantly yelling, constantly yelling. Even I would say to our coaches, um, the yelling, it, it's a throw-in. It's a throw-in in the midfield. Okay? It's not the wafer cup. Okay, ladies and gentlemen? It's all about, and once again, go back to what I said before. It's all about participation. It's about learning to be at a youth level. Yes, everybody wants that great scholarship. But it's all about learning how to be a team player, being responsible, working with the group. You know, those are the things I think we miss. And so the second component is was referee pay. Uh, once again, gas prices, yes, finally are going down. But think about it. You go to Bryan Park. Uh, once again, I have to give my shout out to my moms and dads who drop your kid off, who's running the line for $14. And you run two. Well, that's really not worth the amount of gas to come to the park. Sure. So you look at it, A, uh, the referee abuse, B, the amount of pay. And the third thing was kind of self-inflicted. Um, we got away from the classroom. Uh, and so, you know, my shout out to those teachers and administrators who taught kids during COVID. And yes, the same thing with referees. We're trying to teach referees from the COVID aspect. Who really wants to sit down on a computer for eight hours nonstop? So we lost a lot of our referees because of the training. So now we've basically refocused that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago here at, at NC Fusion, Rodney and I uh, had our very first uh, referee class in person. We had about 20. Uh, it was a win-win because we, were, we had the opportunity to interact with them. We had the opportunity to show the video clips. So if you take those three components, yes, referee abuse, big pay and the overall training aspect uh, referees is like I'm not sitting in the computer for X many hours so that's kind of my pitch now to hey if you want to become a referee uh, yes mom dad uh, sister and brother you got to you know you got to drop your kid off come with come with us come join the family because uh, it is a big family at the end of the day um, but yes if you look at the bigger picture I'm hoping that uh, and something we'll talk a little later about our focus group at the NC Fusion and some of the initiatives that we're going to do. This is what life is supposed to feel like. When you feel the excitement from the ball hitting the back of the net and hear the roar of the crowd. At Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist, we don't just treat part of you. We treat all of you so you can enjoy those winning moments that matter. 
Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist, the official health care and sports medicine partner of NC Fusion. So let's kind of um, transition from the challenges, like you said, and, mm-hmm. and really look at those initiatives. Mm-hmm. What are what are we as uh, NC Fusion, um, our referee pool, our referee leadership, and you and, and Rodney? What are we doing uh, to address? these challenges? Well, first, thanks, Scott. Great question once again. Um, so I will take it from you, believe it or not. You decided once, you, you said it best in one of, the, one of the emails that we always talk about, we always talk about it, but we never do anything about it. And so from your great leadership, you decided to be an initiative. And actually, I've, I've actually piloted your program, something that some of the things we're going to talk about to other clubs with my hats, uh, with especially USY. So a couple of things that we put a focus group with the referee assigner, you, the executive director, um, Sari. Sarah. Sarah. I'm always I'm terrible with the name. Sorry. Sarah. Sarah. Yep, chief experience chief, officer. Chief, chief, chief experience, experience officer. Uh, our DOCs. Uh, and we all came together and I thought it was, a, I, I took so many notes um, and we talked about what can we do. So a couple of the initiatives that we, we're talking about doing. First thing is number one, let's make referees are human. And so one thing that if you realize that, you know, Johnny who plays on NC Fusion number 12, uh, uh, who's 16 years old, okay? who's just scored an unbelievable goal on Saturday is the same Johnny on Sunday who was out there doing the U14 refereeing. And on Saturday, you cheered and just like gave high, fa- high fives and blew the, in the car horn about the great goal. It's now the unfortunate same person yelling at, saying unfortunately things are not good. So we're going to make the referee in a more humanistic end match. Let, realizing that, yes, the same son and daughter that you yell at. One of my favorite jokes is about the two parents in the stands. And they're at Bryan Park Field, number one. And all of a sudden, this parent is just yelling at the referee, just keeps yelling at the referee. And all of a sudden, the other parent looks over and starts yelling at the kid that the parent is yelling about. And all of a sudden, the two parents go at it, and they like... What's going on? Why are you yelling at my son? Well, you've been yelling at my son the entire time. He, I'm not. I'm just yelling at the referee. And the parent says, that's my son. So when you think about that aspect of making it a humanistic and then realizing that, and the second thing that we talked about, it's great to have signs in the park about respect and all of that, but we finally just walked past them. So one thing that we're going to kind of, what we did was also we sat down with all our coaches. And we did a uh, Rodney did a great workshop with our coaches, re-educating them, understanding what we call myths of the game, what's handling, what's offside. So, you know, the second mission uh, uh, initiative that everything that you hear on Fox Sunday or MLS, those commentators, uh, not necessarily always correct, <laughs> because guess what? We don't have we don't have that little box video review. That's right. <laughs> we get a one shot done. That's right. And then the third, uh, the biggest component that we have, um, uh, it's a goal, and I'm a firm believer. We have a goal to get all our players involved. And we have an initiative of saying, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we want 100 new referees by October. I'm a firm believer we're going to reach that goal. Because making referees human, two, understanding a part-time job, three, think about it. What I thought the rules and the laws of the games were, now I get to sit down with my fellow classmates, my fellow teammates, um, 
And lastly, we're going to look at using the referee training program as a team building. So if a team comes in as an ECNL, hey, we will do we want to do part of this class initiative of that, what you thought was offside, what you really thought was uh, uh, handling, what you really thought was what we call denying obvious goal scoring opportunity. We're going to re-educate that and let that be a team building. And then the last bullet, we're talking about getting our coaches involved. Just think, if we get our coaches involved, at least refereeing one game, and there will be our biggest selling points for our club. That's awesome. And I, I just sort of to reiterate, I think, for for our families, those kind of four things we you talked um, about, and I have it kind of written in front of me from our from our meetings. But one initiative is logistical, like making it um, easier, making sure that we schedule people the right schedule games the right way to make sure that we're on top of things and we have the right number of referees and they're able to cover. Right. <laughs> number two is that recruitment uh, part of things, and we want to. Um, show people that it's a great opportunity to become a referee. Our players, our parents, um, local community members that want to give back and get paid for it. (laughs) You know, it's a a great opportunity. Third is that development piece. People desire to get better at things. And you guys, you and Rodney, really focusing on developing young referees and assessing them and creating standards and having those written standards is excellent. That final piece of that education and relationships where um, the referee from, whether we're talking about our coaches, our players, or our parents, that referee is not the enemy. They're not the bad guy out there that it seems to be at times, but rather they're the game's facilitator and they are trying their best to call it in an even and fair way through the rules of the game. And so um, I think, like you said, humanizing that, showing people that this is a kid or this is an adult that has feelings and mm-hmm. and it's hard to get beat up like that. So creating that relationship, especially with infusion, I think is super important. And I appreciate um, all the efforts that, that you guys have made so far in a short period of time and really the impact that we're, we're gonna have um, on on the game and, and on our, our program and on the referees um, moving forward, I just think it's, it's going to be incredible. Um, it, when you talked, you know, or I guess really when I read your uh, resume <laughs> of, of, of things that, that you're involved in, um, I guess really briefly share um, how has how have all those different experiences and all the different things you're involved in through USU soccer or NCAA or North Carolina. Um, high school association how are those experiences um, helping you to become a, a better assigner and a, a for NC Fusion well so it's, it's let's call it a pathway all right. So we discussed earlier there, you know, when you have a uh, and we see it all the time, special art tournaments, uh, special art, uh, national tournaments, our teams travel, uh, hoping that they will be recognized by picking up, you know, by a school, Catawba, UNCG, Guilford. You know, there's a pathway. Well, there's a pathway for referees. A lot of people don't realize there's, believe it or not, USU soccer offers a scholarship for referees to go to college. Uh, believe it or not, uh, by me being an assigner at, at the Division One level, it's also, once again, a pathway. Uh, granted, I could not be uh, uh, an unbelievable player, but I became an unbelievable referee. So at our tournaments, there are scouts. 
There are scouts for U.S. soccer looking for the next level. Um, we have uh, give a great example. We have a referee named John Motto who came through the club, uh, who's from Greensboro, now is on the professional level. We have a second referee named Justin Howard uh, from Greensboro, uh, is an MLS assistant referee. Uh, we have a third. Um, Ryan Graves, who lives in Chapel Hill, was was it with the club as a former player uh, out of Winston-Salem, is in the MLS. So believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, I can keep going through the list. Uh, Sandra Sandra Feeney, FIFA referee, uh, retired FIFA referee, lives in Washington from the club, from Greensboro. So if we have, you know, it's interesting. We always talk about players in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, sure. Alumni. Alumni. Right. These we referees can, are alums. The referees are alum, and we could take the same wall yeah. and make it of referees. Yeah. And the positives about this, and as I said, by me having all these different hats, and yes, we've had, believe it or not, referees to move to Greensboro because of my hats. Uh, uh, a gentleman named Ryan Reinhardt, who used to live in Asheville, moved to Greensboro. We had several referees to move to Greensboro for the pathway. Right. So I look at the pathway as A, my number one responsibility is to help mold you to be the best uh, adult that you can be. But also, you have the desire to be an MLS referee. You have a desire to be a professional referee. We and Stefan uh, from Greensboro, we have this pathway. So connecting all the, you know, connecting all those dots, connecting with the with the gentleman named Mark Catalistic, uh, who is once again part of our club years ago, who is the lead instructor, lead. Um, referee coordinator for pro a professional organization so all these dots and connection allows you to fulfill your dream it may not be fulfill your dream on a team of 11 players but it fulfills your dream of being a team of four players the referee the assistant referee the assistant referee and the fourth official so with me connecting all those dots and in the days like any grandfather great grandpad you sit there and you get the acknowledgement hey uh, I saw the video of the young man who finally made Major League Baseball. And he's, I don't know if you've seen the clip on ESPN where he tells his mother that he made it. What's well, the same thing with referees? I get those little clips. We get emotional like, hey, Roger, I got my first game. Uh, Roger, you know, I'm at Carolina this weekend. I'm doing Carolina Duke. I mean, it's the same possible things. That's so good. Love that. So to talk about kind of to dial it back to the mm-hmm. grassroots level, how does somebody become a referee? Right. How do they start if someone in uh, a player in NC Fusion, how old do they need to be? How do they start that process? Or a parent in the club, maybe they hasn't even played soccer before. They've watched a lot of soccer, <laughs> but they haven't necessarily played. How do they do? How do they start? Right. So the first thing, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, we can do it. Too, we can do it several ways. Number one is called North Carolina Soccer Referees association if you just type that out it will bring you to our website that is what we call uh so kind of think about how it works uh in the state of north carolina we have uh, a what we call our state organization that that technically certifies you to be a referee okay and once you go to their website you will see on their website it simply says i want to be a referee and it has a on their website it tells you all the training and all the classes number two you can send an email to Roger Morton yep it's Roger Morton at NC Fusion R. Morton R. Morton thank you because I can't remember R-M-O R-M-O O-N at ncfusion.org so lazy so this is so important I'm asked Scott to believe it or not yeah I have a lot of yes please R-M-O-R-T 
T-O-N at ncfusion.org. Awesome. You can send me an email and we will also network with you. Um, and as I said, believe it or not, reach out to one of your coaches. If at the end of the day, walk to your coach. Andrew Fleming, who does a great job with our rec program, has several of our coaches. I've, I've got several emails again. Reach out to one of our DOCs, and we will automatically get you connected with me and Rodney. And how long does it take somebody? So if I was 14 years old and I went to that website today, how long um, typically would, could it be before I signed up that day for a class to the time that um, – Roger is assigning me for maybe a recreation game. Believe it or not, two and a half weeks. Wow. It's all. It's right now. The system is set up because it's online training. It's up to you. If you know, we've had a lot of young individuals who sat down for two days and take the courses right. and got so intrigued about learning the game. And then we'll simply schedule you what you call your online. I mean, your on-field training session. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking. For example, our first major tournament is Labor Day weekend. So today is August the 18th. You could, if you believe it or not, if you went to the website by this Sunday, you could be on the field by Labor Day weekend. We would make that commitment for you. It's fair. It's awesome. Well, um, I guess the last thing I would ask is, why would someone want to do that? <laughs> so you've kind of mentioned, um, you've mentioned some of the pitfalls. You've mentioned um, the initiatives that we're taking mm-hmm. to improve the the environment mm-hmm. for officials. Um, but but at the end of the day, why would somebody really, if you had a you know one minute to mm-hmm. tell them why should you be a referee? Why would it, what would it be, Roger? I think the thing, at the end of the day, uh, I, I just look back at my career and, and the thing, and if I kind of get emotional, don't worry, I cry with Lassie on television, but it's the humanistic. I would have never met you, Scott, if lived on soccer. Mm-hmm. I would have met Mary Gary Gardner and so many individuals, the people that you meet in networking about our society. So believe it or not, it's that the humanistic aspect. The second portion is about really having a passion about the game you love. You have everything you think you know, well, let's, let's get the last chapter, the laws of the game. And believe it or not, the third portion is, hey, financially. You, you've been wanting, you know, I, I drove, a, I hate to say this to show my age, I drove a Gremlin, okay? GMC grip, they don't even make it anymore. <laughs> it was the ugliest yellow car I've ever seen. But I knew what I wanted to trade it in for something else. So if you're a young person, instead of learning independent, there's a young, there's a young man at our club now, Jackson Cuddle. Jackson is uh, 19 years old, who wants to be a pilot. And he takes all his referee money, paying for his pilot lessons. So yes, I, I've committed to him that I would fly. You know, once he gets his license, you know, pray for me. But it allows you to do a lot of other a lot things. Of trust there. A lot of trust. But at the end of the day, Scott, just think about it. Think about how many people you interacted if it wasn't around sports. Absolutely. So that's fantastic. I appreciate you, Roger. I appreciate the um, the efforts that you make for our club, for our families, and uh, the fact is, is most people don't know. You know, it's <laughs> a, and I think that people don't realize the the work and effort that goes on behind the scenes to make sure that games go on and that we have officials and um, they're being developed and it takes time just like every kid on the field it takes time so appreciate your patience with that i appreciate your um humility and willingness 
to want to improve um, in this in this space. I think that we, as an organization, really strive for one, starting with being humble that we don't have it all together. We got a lot a lot of improvement to make. But on the other side, we have development that we want to improve and we're going to continuously improve. So I, I really appreciate the engagement on our committee mm-hmm. to bring our groups together to say, how can we make this better? And I really have a lot of confidence in, in you and Rodney and our, our staff to work together to create a better environment where, like you said, a couple of years from now, we're going to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of young referees or, or older referees that are, um, whether they're refing rec games or whether they are refing high-level collegiate games, they are having a tremendous impact on the sport. And I think that is uh, that is incredible and I really appreciate your passion for it. And so um, I just appreciate you being on the podcast today. And um, just, again, just really appreciate all the efforts that, that you do. So thank you. Thank you, Scott. And thanks NC Fusion for this unbelievable opportunity. Thank you for listening to the North Carolina Fusion Podcast, sponsored by Atrium Health, Wake Forest Baptist. It would mean a lot to us if you would subscribe to our podcast on your favorite streaming platform and share with others. You can also engage with us on the social media platforms of Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast, and we hope that it helps to forward our mission to create intentional experiences through sport to positively impact people for life. Go Fusion!